And now I'd like to turn it over to a great Democrat who will be with us throughout the evening. Between the two of us, we have 11 Emmys. How's that for math? One of my favorite actresses, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Hey, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. I'm so glad to see you. So what did you think about Kamala Harris's speech last night? It was tremendous. I was so happy for her. I know, me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pints. Or uh, is it Paints? It's pronounced Ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name? Yeah, not very American sounding. Yeah, that's what people are saying strongly. Well, uh, thank you, Andrew. And please give my regards to the gang. I will. They're right in the next room. Have a great night, Julia. Thank you so much. Good evening, America, and welcome to the fourth night of the 2020 Democratic National Convention. And that was how the primetime hour opened for the Democrat National Committee Convention. And thankfully, the last day of the convention. Okay, that opening clip is indicative of the clown show that it was that night. Now, this was the big night. This was the night that Biden, you know, gave his speech. But, oh, my gosh, that was painful. Now, I started to watch it live. If it was live, I don't really know. But one thing that is curious, by the way, yesterday I mentioned that in the upper um, right-hand corner, it said tonight, you know, when they were airing it. Well, last night it actually said live. So I don't know if that was a C-SPAN thing, because that's where I was watching on, or if it was something that the campaign did. I don't know, but that's curious. But anyway, it was horrible. I mean, horrible. I mean, Julia Louis Dreyfus tried to joke like that throughout the whole evening and finally gave up and just stopped doing jokes. I'm sure there were a lot of jokes that they had written that they stopped, but I don't understand what the hell that was they were opening with. I guess it was some kind of play on the mispronouncing of Kamala Harris's name, but here's the thing. The left mispronounced it all the time. You can go back and look at clip after clip after clip where uh, she's introduced to sh on shows like The View as Kamala Harris. It's Kamala Harris is how she pronounces it. But who? But to to to, to make fun of Mike Pence's name and, and Harris's last name, nobody mispronounces Harris's last name. But that was indicative of the whole show. Welcome to this broadcast of the PBL podcast. Thanks for listening. Of course, with me is my trusted canine, Woody. How you doing, Woody? Woof. Woody, he gave us a woof today. Woody is doing great. And of course, Woody's a dog. He can't talk, but if he could talk, you know it. He'd tell you to go over to our website, the pblpodcast.com. All of our social media links were there. Also, our YouTube link. Again, we're going to be putting out some unique content on YouTube. So please click on the YouTube link from our website, the pblpodcast.com, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So it was absolutely uh, just a flat, horrible convention. Uh, the ratings are in, and we're going to get into that. I'm going to get into Biden's speech, but I'm also going to get into what's going on around the nation. Biden is liking, likes to say, this is for the fight of the soul of our nation. Well, we're going to get into uh, the soul of our nation and a bunch of other stuff today on the broadcast, but let's go over the convention a little bit. I don't want to get too much into it. It's done. It's over. Now, 
As I said, ratings are in. Now you're going to see some misleading. Ratings are in for day one, two, and three, by the way, not for four. You're going to see some misleading headlines. Like one of the headlines that I saw with regards to the ratings were that uh, on day three, Kamala Harris's ratings increase. Well, they did increase. I think they increased like uh, 20% or something from the previous day. Well, that goes to say that, you know, that that it's not a surprise because, well, you know, you've got... um, the VP going to be speaking, right? It, here's the headline. Democrat convention TV viewership rises on third night with Barack Obama and Kamala Harris speeches. So, you know, okay, the ratings go up. That is to be expected. They had 21.4 million people. However, they were down from the 2016 convention by 11%. That's the key to all of this is the ratings are down from the last convention, but that's honestly not surprising. So I wouldn't hang my hat on that and go around saying, ah, ratings are down, ratings are down. This is a different kind of convention because it's a virtual one. How many people just didn't tune in because of that? So there's a lot of debate to be had about this. Did people not watch it because they know they can watch it online? There's some reports out there that the streaming wasn't really that big as far as ratings because they do rate that as well or gauge that as well. Uh, People didn't want to watch it live and then they watch it later. I mean, why they could do that with any convention because it's the same with every convention. I think it's down because it's just, it was boring. I mean, it was boring. It was choppy. It was boring. I mean, the transition between one speaker to the next was just, you had this like long pauses of no sound. They didn't even put music between a lot of the transition of the speakers. I thought it was just produced Horribly. I think it was just amateurish in a lot of cases. And then, you know, a lot of the speakers were just flat and just dudge. So you didn't have that excitement of a crowd, but it's just, you know, you don't have excitement of a crowd when you watch TV shows and you, you, you know, so I, I, I think it could have been done a lot better. We'll see what the Republicans can pull out of their hat because basically there's going to be virtual as well. Now, the one thing that I do want you to caution, here's a, a headline. And it's a bit misleading. So I I wouldn't hold any stock in this. Uh, But you're going to see a lot of people on the right going to start blasting this as a a way to say how poor the convention did. Now, we won't know how poor the convention really did until we see the numbers for the GOP convention next week. But here's a headline. It's from TV Insider. Wednesday TV ratings. Big Brother beats out 2020 DNC night three. That's only from one one network. That was CBS. So Big Brother aired at 8 p.m. It got a 3.9 million viewers. And then the DNC convention came on at 10 p.m. and it got 2.1 million viewers. Well, you know, it doesn't mean that people stayed on CBS. They could have switched over to one of the other cable network news channels. So this is very misleading. And I don't I don't want anybody to get sucked on this rabbit hole by saying, oh, Big Brother beat out the Ra- uh, the DNC. No, they did not. They did not beat out the DNC. Big Brother had 3.9 million viewers, whereas the DNC combined had like 20 some million viewers. So don't get sucked down that hole because you're going to hear some people say that. But the the convention, in my opinion, was an absolute, absolute disaster. And did you see, um, did you catch that story about Kamala Harris's speech at the after her speech? They had the, the Zoom board, we'll call it, with all those people on there clapping and, you know, making it trying to feel like there's people there. It's more excitement. And you had about, about I don't know, 30 people on the board. 
but did somebody caught online uh, that there were three people on that board that were on there twice. They, they had of the 30 people on the board, the three of them were on there twice. So they were filling the board with, I, I don't know, was it filling? I mean, I heard somebody say, can they not find 30 people? I, I, mean, I can't believe they couldn't find 30 people. I, I don't know what they were doing and why they made this mistake, but that, I mean, it, that's going to, this is again, indicative of the whole convention, how choppy it was, how flat it was that Julia Louise Dreyfus jokes, which is horrible. And, but one thing that I noticed too, if you go back and I'll put the picture of it on my, in my show notes, when you look on that board after Harris's speech, there's one lady sitting there clapping. She's on there twice and she's wearing that pussy hat. I don't know how else she say it, but that's what she's wearing. So the Democrat, the Democrats coming out of this convention, it, it's very simple what their message is going to be. Obviously, orange man bad. You know, they're going to fight for the soul of our nation, as Biden kept saying. And we're going to get into that soul of the nation after I break down Biden's speech a little bit. So don't don't go away because you want to hear what the soul of the nation is going on in the Democrats right now. But but you got orange man bad, soul of a nation. Uh, he Donald Trump is mismanaging the pandemic now. What I didn't see a lot of is, you know, you saw the unemployment rhetoric come out, but what I didn't see a lot of is the economy. It, you know, Bill Clinton's famous phrase for um, his his campaign was, it's the economy, stupid. I didn't see a lot of, it's the economy. I saw a lot of blasting on the unemployment rate, but I didn't see a whole lot where they were blasting the economy. One is because the stock market's doing really well. Uh, you know, gas prices are at a pretty reasonable rate right now. Probably, you know, they've been lower, but they're pretty low. It's under $2 a gallon nationwide, I believe. I know here where I am, it's uh, in some cases about $1.80, $1.90. And, but what you're hearing is the pandemic, how um, Trump mismanaged the pandemic. Now, in Biden's speech. So let's get into Biden's speech because uh, here's here's what I'm hearing and here's what I'm seeing about Biden's speech is it's being uh, lauded both from the right and the left. I saw a report where Fox News thought it was a good, good speech, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a horrible speech. I thought it was absolutely horrible. And there was something that happened in that speech too that I'm going to play a clip on that I thought was a huge, huge, huge a blunder on uh, Biden's part, but you know the media is not going to say anything about it. But it just indicative of the media is trying to say that based on that speech, that Biden obviously doesn't have cognitive decline. Well, I got a little clip that's going to show you otherwise. But anyway, everyone is saying, and I'm not saying everyone, but woke up this morning, turned on the computer, looked at all the news. They're talking about what a great speech it was. I thought it was a horrible speech. It, you know, I saw one report where it said it started off choppy, but ended off well. I think it ended horrible. He was angry. And it ended with him looking at the camera and looking like an angry old man. No, no, this is not what America wants. Do they want anger or do they want hope? You know, he used that word hope several times in his speech, but he just looked angry. And he's trying to gin up anger against President Trump. So it's really the whole thing about this whole this whole convention is to not get people to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of platitudes about how great Joe Biden is, but it was more of a vote against Donald Trump. The entire convention. Now, conventions, political conventions like this are supposed to tell you how great your guy is, how bad that guy is. But this went so far to 
de- to the blasting Trump. So what the Democrats are doing here is they're trying to get people so pissed off and so angry and so much fear in fear of what's going on with Donald Trump that that's how they're going to get him to the polls. They're it's typical Democrat tactics. Gin up your base with fear. Orange man bad. If you don't get rid of orange man bad, everything is going to be bad for you. You. So get don't 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 vote for orange man bad. Vote for my guy. He's good. That was the entire message and they're using race. Race is the big divider of what this Democrat party is using now and they always have but this time this time it has uh, to me I believe it's taken it to a place that I've not seen in fact here's a, a headline from Politico a Democrat convention takes earth-shattering turn with its focus on race earth-shattering turn that's in their headline. Now, the reason this, and I've, I've laid this out before, the reason is because the Democrats are worried that the black vote will not be monolithic and go straight for them. They're worried that Trump could get up to 15% because that's all he needs. And if he can get 15%, honestly, probably 12, 13%, the Democrats are done. They're done, and they know this. They know this, so they have to gin up the fear. Now, Biden's speech, and again, like I said, we're going to get into it. In Biden's speech, he talked a lot about uh, what happened in Charlottesville, and he claims that that's the reason why he got into this race, and he talks about, did you see those white supremacists, those neo-Nazis coming out of the field, veins bulging? He's saying this, you know, carrying those, those torches. Yeah, that's tiki torches. Yeah, they were really intimidating. They were. They were carrying tiki torches. And it's such a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, amount, a theme that they're going off of to bring back Charlottesville. And of course, they had to take Trump's comment out of context completely about the pe- fine people on both sides. You know, if, if you go back to Charlottesville, there was a protest. There was a left and there was the right. And then there was this small contingent of neo-Nazis, whatever, right supremacists, whatever. And that's not who Trump was talking about. But because the, the whole protest was taking, you know, they want to take down statues and look at where we are now. Look at how many statues have been torn down. I mean, I joke, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, wonderful guitar player, is one of my favorite. They desecrated his statue. What did he do? So look at where we've gone from Charlottesville to now with this statue. That was the whole, that was the nucleus of it all. You know, Black Lives Matters came out there and, and, and it's been just chaos since the soul of America, Joe, the soul of America. This is what he's telling you. This is what he wants us to to see. He wants us to believe that Trump is a racist, a white supremacist, and is bad for blacks. And it, and he's going to harm blacks even more. Or the minorities, white, brown, however, you, or brown, uh, black, brown, however you want to phrase it. But it's all against the minorities. So the Democrats have to gin up fear in order to win elections because they cannot win any other way. So let's get into Biden's speech. Again, I thought it was just horrible. And and, and this is another theme you're going to see, darkness and lightness. So uh, here's, and I'm just going to pick 
things out of it. We'll not read the whole speech. He, he goes on. He says the current president has cloaked America in darkness for much too long, too much anger, too much fear, too much division. There's the Democrat playbook right there. Anger, fear, division. That equals darkness. And they're claiming that's what Trump has done. Anger is how they're going to get people to the the polls. Fear is how they're going to get people to the polls. Division is how they're going to get more of people that they want to the polls. So it's all about, this is their whole playbook right there in one sentence from, or one paragraph from Biden, anger, fear, division. That is the Democrat party. He goes on, for make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. In darkness. We will choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. See, this it's class dividing, class dividing. They're, it's what they do, and they've done it for so long. But now he's setting up for the Green New Deal, right? Nearly a century ago, Franklin Roosevelt pledged a new deal in a time of massive unemployment, uncertainty, and fear. Stricken by disease, stricken, and he, he perked up when he said that, stricken by a virus, that's where he perked up. FDR insisted that he would recover and prevail, and he believed America could as well. Fear, fear, fear. Winning is for the generous among us, not the selfish. Winning is for the workers who keep this country going, not just the privileged few at the top. Winning is for those communities who have known the injustice of the knee on the neck. See that? Division and fear. It's all the Democrats have. You know, and let's talk about the pandemic. He says the worst pandemic in over 100 years, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, the most compelling call for racial justice since the 60s and the undeniable realities and accelerating threats of climate change. Eh, we got to throw climate change in there. Fear, division. That's it. Fear, division. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy. They are all on the ballot, Biden said in his speech. See, they're going to try to pit. Biden's character to Trump's character. It's not going to work. And you know why it's not going to work? People vote their wallets. And yeah, yeah, we're going through some economic times, but more people trust President Trump than they do Biden with the economy. So think about that. If more people trust Trump on the economy than Biden, then everything Biden's doing in this speech is all for naught because it won't matter. They can try to pit Biden's character against Trump's character all they want, but the people have already voted. We know Trump's character. We know what Trump's transgressions are. Hey, we already voted. He's he's already been voted in. And he goes on, just judge this president on the facts. Five million Americans infected with COVID-19. More than 170,000 Americans have died. By far the worst performance of any nation on earth. And we have seen story after story after story. By the way, I'm off his speech, story after story of uh, numbers being manipulated by hospitals. You don't think the American people see that? Of course we do. This, this is, again, platitudes, rhetoric. Oh, it's just unbelievable. And he praises um, President uh, Obama. He said, thank you, Mr. President. You are a great president, a president our children could and did look up to. No one will say that about the current occupant of the office. It's just not true. It's just not true. My son absolutely loves Trump. He's uh, nine years old. So again, platitudes, rhetoric, you know, fear mongering. That's all this convention was. So uh, and then he goes on to say what he's going to do to um, control the pandemic or to 
to to write this wrong as he says and honestly if you go to his website and try to find it there's not a whole lot there but here's something he says we will develop and deploy rapid tests with results available immediately where what how doesn't say how just more empty rhetoric that's all it is we will make the medical supplies and protective equipment our country needs wait a minute they didn't they left uh trump nothing you know, from the other, um, they weren't pandemics, but the outbreaks, they didn't replenish it. So wait a minute, you didn't do it then, you're going to do it now? And, and I mean, it makes no sense. And what's, what medical supplies are we missing? I mean, the hospitals aren't, we're not, we're not hearing these stories where they don't have supplies. No, we heard it first off because the Obama administration left the Trump administration with empty shelves. And but then he goes, and we'll make them here in America so we will never again be at the mercy of China and other foreign countries in order to protect our own. He was in office for eight years as vice president. Didn't do it then. He's not going to do it now. He said, we'll put politics aside and take the muzzle off our experts. Really? You know, Fauci, who most people are not a fan of, I can't say I am, but I'm not, I'm not adamantly against the guy. He's come out and said, no, never been muzzled. Never. So again, rhetoric, fear, division, that's all. That's all they got. That's all they got. We have a national man. And, th and then this, this is the favorite part. Is this what you want? He wants on day one, he said when he's elected, they'll have a national mandate to wear a mask, not as a burden, but to protect each other. It's a patriotic duty. So he's lining wearing a mask to a patriotic duty. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I've been saying this for a while that not wearing a mask is now the new scarlet letter. And it is. It's absolutely the new scarlet letters. If you don't wear a mask, you got a big scarlet letter hanging around you. Well, guess what? I don't wear a mask unless I have to. When I have to, it's because there are some establishments you walk into where you have to. And here's the typical platitude Democrats always spew and I don't understand why anybody believes this. He goes, with modern roads, bridges, highways, broadband, ports, and airports as a new foundation for economic growth with pipes that transport clean water to every community with 5 million new manufacturing jobs and technology jobs to the future is, so the future is made in America. Didn't do it when he was president or vice president. Had eight years. Didn't do it. Manufacturing jobs went away. Obama said they'll never come back. But here we are. Yeah, so... Empty rhetoric. And of course, climate change comes up there too. Uh, we can and we will deal with climate change. It's not only a crisis, it's an enormous opportunity, an opportunity for America to lead the world in clean energy and create millions of new good paying jobs in the process. Uh, Solinda, anybody remember Solindra? Yeah, yeah. So and then go, he bashes tax code only to the wealthy, just yada, yada, yada. Same rhetoric, same nonsense, nothing substantial in this. Nothing, nothing in his whole speech was substantial other than uh, a mandate for wearing a mask. And then he gets on about the soul of a nation. Uh, now, here's a clip on the play, and then we'll go to uh, a break and we'll come back. I'm going to go on about him and his soul of a nation. Let's, let's give you some examples of our soul of a nation. So in the, um, uh, in his speech, he said this, uh, yeah, this is a great nation and we are a good and decent people. This is the United States of America. And there has never been anything we've been unable to accomplish when we've done it together. Let me read that last line and then listen to this clip. And there has never been anything we've been unable to accomplish when we've done it together. Now listen to this. 
There's only one way forward. As a united America, a united America, united in our pursuit of a more perfect union, united in our dreams of a better future for us and for our children, united in our determination to make the coming years bright. Are you ready? I believe we are. This is a great nation. We're a good and decent people. For Lord's sake, this is the United States of America. And there, there's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. Did he? Did, 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 I didn't hear it. I didn't hear the words that uh, he claims he, that were written. Did you hear Ben unable? Now, I'm, you know, I'm obviously putting this out there just to, you know, he was reading a speech, the speech that I just read you, uh, the, the line, and there has never been anything we've been unable to accomplish when we've done it together. I'll play it one more time. There's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. There's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. So you can see he took the word Ben unable and it kind of mashed together and it sounds like, and there has never been anything we've uh, been able to accomplish when we've seen it together. So he meshes it up. That's his cognitive decline right there, people. I'm sorry. It was not a good speech. It was a fact, a horrible speech. It was divisive. It was fear mongering. It was everything that this is going to be about with this election on the Democrat side. It's all going to be about anger, fear, and division. That is their game plan to win the election. When we come back from the break, I'm going to play you, or I'm going to show you some stories of the soul of America. Be right back. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome back to the second segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Yay, the conventions are over and the Democrat convention is no more. Now the media heads can talk about it all weekend long, and then we'll get into the RNC convention next week. But thank you for listening again to this episode. Please go over to our website, my dog Woody. He barks it all the time, the PBLpodcast.com. Click on that there YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We got some uh, videos that we're going to be putting out in the coming days that are going to be uh, separate from the podcast audio, so you don't want to miss it. So, And Woody, you know, he's a dog, so they do beg, so he's begging you a little bit i'm sorry woody they're beg dogs beg you know get to the dinner table on the bag and he's again you don't want to disappoint the dog 
pblpodcast.com. Clip on that YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. All right. So let's get into Joe Biden's soul of America. Again, he's saying this a lot, and he's probably going to say this a lot, that we are in a battle for the soul of America. He's been saying it since the beginning. So are we in the battle for the soul of America? And which side is the battle? What, what, you know, what does he mean by soul of America? Now, what he means is, you know, obviously division, fear, anger, and division. This, you know, what they're doing, what we're doing to the poor, 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 pitiful, poor people. All right. How about this headline? Portland assault suspects takes to social media to beg for financial help. Um, this is the guy, if you haven't seen it, this is the guy that kicked a dude in the face while he was sitting on the sidewalk and he kicked him in the face after his, the guy ran his truck into something and he was uh, injured from crashing his truck. And this is at one of these protests that always gets violence. And he kicks the guy, comes up from behind, kicks the guy in the face from behind, knocks the guy out and um, the guy may die. In fact, I'm, the guy may have already died. I'm not sure, but the guy was in intensive care and so this guy who did who kicked him from behind just just you can watch the video and he comes running out from behind kicks the guy right in the face now the police know who he is and they're at, they're they're going to arrest him so the guy goes to social media uh to plead his case for financial help and here's what the guy put on his snapchat might go to jail for murder tonight for a racist when all i did was fight him look it up on twitter Put money on my books and come see me. Really? So let's say if the guy was a racist, murder is justified and fight him. The dude came up from behind, kicked him in the face and knocked him out. And the guy may die if you hadn't already. And this guy's going to put on his social media, might go to jail for murder tonight for a racist when all I did was fight him. Oh, no, buddy. You didn't just fight him. You kicked him from behind. You attacked him from behind, uh, and that wasn't fighting. There was no self-defense in that. Soul of America, Biden? Soul of America? All right, here's another headline. I'm not a looter. Chicago man apologizes for live streaming himself breaking into an ATM. So the guy breaks into an ATM. Here's the, heart, the, headline, the article. Chicago man recently apologized after he live streamed himself breaking into an ATM during a string of protests and looting incidents in the city and stated that he is not a looter. Aaron Neal, 20, from Inglewood, recently spoke to NBC5 in Chicago about how he feels very remorseful for his alleged actions. Dude, you live streamed yourself. You live stream yourself. Uh, he says, I'm not a looter, Neil said in response. I normally don't loot. Normally, that's not what I do. I'm a working man. Normally don't loot. Dude, you were live streamed yourself looting. You are a looter. So you can't say I'm not a looter because you got caught. So <laughs> soul of America. And by the way, that the guy that um, kicked the other guy in the face and now went to social media saying he might go to jail for murder because of what he did to a racist. His name is Marquise Love. Make sure we know that. And then this guy who's not a looter, his name is Aaron Neal. These are the soul of America. All right, how about this one? 
After cutting NYPD funding, de Blasio's wife gets $2 million a year in taxpayer-paid staff. That's right. De Blasio's cutting the uh, NYPD funding by a billion dollars, but his wife, this is his wife, has a staff that in combination salary, $2 million a year. She has a videographer on her staff. She's a mayor's wife. I mean, of a pretty big city. I get that. But $2 million a year goes to paying for staff. She shouldn't have a staff at all. $1 shouldn't go to pay. She's just the wife of the mayor. When, since when do, I mean, typical left, typical, typical. And de Blasio is about as communist as they go. And this is typical for what communists do when they achieve power. Those in power enrich themselves for the good of the many, right? They think they believe they deserve it because they're helping the little people. Soul of America. This is Biden's soul of America. Okay, how about this headline? Pittsburgh mayor Bill Peduto says protests outside his house crosses a line. Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto is now caught between protesters calling for his resignation and the frustration of the FOP. So this mayor, Democrat mayor, of course, uh, <clears throat> is this is fraternal office of police officers. President Robert Schwarzer is predicting massive retirements in police in October when 268 officers become eligible, citing comments by Mayor Peduto and District Attorney Stephen Zapala over the police handling of the protest. So this mayor comes out and says that, you know, he's criticizing the police, but that's not good enough. So the protesters protest outside of his house and he says it crosses a line. So uh, you can't have it both ways there. So this is, again, soul of America. Democrats don't like it when they protesters come to them. Soul of America. All right. More soul of America. Citing threats, Mayor Lori Lightfoot defends ban on protesters on her block. She says, I have a right to make sure that my home is secure. You see what happens when they, the left gets power? It's okay for it to happen in your neighborhood, but not their neighborhood. Is this more of that soul of America, Joe Biden? You know, we've got protests going on all over our nation. They still went on while the Democrat National Committee was going on. There were still fires in Portland. Is that the soul of America? Is that the soul of America that Biden's talking about? I mean, Antifa, BLM, they're terrorist organizations. Antifa is a, an abhorrent organization. This administration wisely has listed them as a terrorist organization. Biden wouldn't do that. And then BLM, I'm sorry, the people who run BLM are Marxists. They are not good people. They are not good actors. They are fighting for power over you. They are not and should not be the fight for the soul of America. So the left, this is what they're going to be saying through this campaign. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work because Americans know better. There is no, the soul of America is intact. We don't need the left giving us division, anger, and fear so they can achieve power. What we need is we need to stop all these riots because they are not protests. Stop all this violence and all this senseless killing. You know, in um, Biden's speech, he cited talking to George Floyd's daughter 
and how the daughter said, daddy changed the world. It's very heart, heart, heart tugging, tugs at your heart, right? Well, George Floyd should not be the soul of America. I mean, George Floyd was a drug addict. George Floyd resisted arrest. I'm not an expert, but chances are the reason George Floyd died is because his body failed when he was in that stressful situation that he put himself in and, you know, he died. Now, should the police officer have had his knee on his neck that long? You know, jury's going to decide. I think it was excessive, but because of everything that's happened since, honestly, I'm starting to question it. I'm starting to think, wait a minute. Whole, I mean, maybe that police officer really shouldn't be treated as harshly because I don't think none of this should have come to this point and to this level. So the Democrats are going to be fighting for the soul of America with anger, division, and fear. That is the outline. That is what you saw with the Democratic National Committee convention. Uh, it was a horrible, horrible produced convention, in my opinion, just horrible. The transition between speakers was just horrible. Uh, I think there's so much meat there for the Republicans to go after that it's going to a lot of things that they did is going to blow up in their face. Now, we'll see next week when the Republicans do their convention again, virtually, what are they going to do differently? And what will they learn from? And I'm sure they have learned from the mistakes that the DNC made with their convention because it was absolutely horrible. All four nights I tried to watch it from the start and all four nights I just couldn't do it. I just said, I'll, you know, maybe that's why their ratings were low because I just said, I'll just look at it next the next morning because it was all online. So, and, and then Trump, Trump, man, you know, typically what happens when one party has holds their convention, the other party holds back fire out of uh, deference and respect. Well, this is this is a whole new game now. It's a whole new game. Now, you know, absolutely, as, as well as I do, that if Trump's went first, that the Democrats will be blasting him throughout. So I, I'm not putting I, I'm, I'm not holding anything against Trump on this. He absolutely should. And he was tweeting throughout uh, the um, convention. <clears throat> with where well, they would say something and he'd counter it. So I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, one of them is when B Obama was giving his speech and it was just, again, a God awful speech. And he was talking about, uh, you know, Trump and, you know, saying that he's not a leader, that he never rose or grew to the level of the office and all that. Trump tweeted out, welcome Barack and crooked Hillary, Hillary, see you on the battlefield and put out a, a quick video on that, uh, their transgressions, you know, cause you know, the Obama administration got caught red handed spying on Trump, just red handed. So I think that, the Democrat National, their committee, their convention, I'm sorry, their convention will not help. In fact, there's some polling going into it that the gap between Biden and Trump has shrank. Now, it's a Rasmussen poll. So, you know, they're not the best polling outlet and they do lean right. But we're going to see the ratings pretty soon from Biden's, la Biden's night, night four. The ratings will be a bump from night three, but I don't think they'll be as high as 2016. And then the real barometer is when the Republicans do theirs and what are those ratings going to look like? So if those ratings are higher than 2016, and I don't expect they will be, but I expect that there'll be a, a, a less of a delta from the Democrats. Uh, there's much more enthusiasm for Trump than there is for Biden.
that doesn't win elections for Biden. That won't win. Enthusiasm wins elections. There was a ton of enthusiasm for Obama, and he won. There was a ton of enthusiasm, uh, not a ton, there was some enthusiasm for Bush when he first ran, and uh, that and Al Gore was just a horrible, de- horrible candidate. And there was less enthusiasm. And it was a pretty unenthusiastic election all around, but there was less for uh, Al Gore than there was for George W. Bush. In this election, there's way more enthusiasm from Trump's base for Trump. And it's not a vote against Biden. It's a vote for Trump. And then there is in Biden's case. In Biden, there's not as much enthusiasm because they're all voting against Trump. So, I, I I don't think this holds well for the Democrats. I think the convention was a disaster. It was a clown show. That last night was the worst night. Uh, Biden's speech, you know, it's funny how they're all talking about how great his speech was because the expectation was so low. That's the only reason why people are giving him a lot of props for that speech. The expectation was so low that all he had to do was have a passable performance, and that's what he had to some people. I think it was horrible. He ended it angrily. If you watch the speech, the last part of the speech, he was angry. He was angry in his eyes. Even his closing remarks, he was just angry. It's not going to win elections. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please be sure to go over to our website, Politics uh, the pblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Check us out on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is the PBL podcast and please like share this podcast. Uh, I, I really want to thank everybody for listening. Um, last week was our best week yet. Each week we keep getting more and more and more listeners come on board. Uh, we got listeners in 42 States now, so it just keeps growing. So please tell everybody about the PBL podcast. Keep us going. And, um, thanks again for listening. Thanks. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast and making each week a better week as far as the numbers, because it keeps getting higher and higher and higher. So it is the reason that I'm doing it and it keeps me going. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thanks again for listening to this episode of the PBL podcast. Woody says bark. Uh, he also says, make sure you get on our website, pblpodcast.com and click on our YouTube link and subscribe. Right, Woody? Yeah, that's Woody. He's hungry now. I got to go feed him. Have a great day, people.